The following program is rated TV MALV. It contains strong language, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Barflies, welcome to the Barfly Tailgate Show. You already know it's done by Barflies for Barflies and all the other Bears fans out there. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Uh, first and foremost, a little bit of housekeeping. Chris Watts texted me this morning, said he's feeling under the weather, so he will not be here this morning. Uh, I know that feeling. We pulled two chin off the bench. Back, uh, he was feeling that way last week. So, uh, how, how are we doing? Uh, feeling better this week, Tooch? What's going on? Yep, feeling a little better. You know, I had the COVID. It was rough. You know, my asthma doesn't make it any easier. So I, uh, uh, back from the dead, you know, uh, got, I, I got, I was telling, uh, people on Bear of Souls that I got, they gave me a steroid shot in the ass. I felt like I was a weightlifter or something. I felt good after that, man. I'm like, man, those weightlifters, they're, they're onto something there. <laughs> right in the bottom, bend over, boop. <laughs> Well, um, we're, we're good to have you back and, and see you back at 100 or close to 100%. Close to 100, yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's that's rough, man. I, I went through that in October. I hadn't caught COVID the whole three years it was at its peak. <laughs> and then as soon as my work says we're not going to give you guys COVID leave anymore, my again, COVID was like, yeah. hey, AC, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh it is what it is. Good morning, Jordan. How we doing out west? How, uh, what's going on, bro? Good morning, you know, young man. Was partying last night. Yeah, no, I appreciate Tooch saying give it up for me. I'm fucking exhausted. But uh, seven seven oh six in the morning, you guys got me up here to talk Bears football. So oh. I'm excited about it. Chad, always appreciate you being here and excited to get into. I think it'll be a different tone about Bears football than down in the past four or five weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's weird how things can switch like that. We kind of saw a switch the first time we played the Lions, and then they win against the Vikings in an ugly fashion, and then they just absolutely dominated the Lions last week again. And and now we're talking about Bears went out and, and go to the playoffs, possibly. So it's like, uh, yeah, just like you said, Jordan, completely different switch. Um the Eberflu situation, I told some guys in the private chat on on X or Twitter uh, that I think he saved his job last week. Um, and I don't know if there's 
any other way around that. Um, if the season were to end today, he saved his job. There's still four yeah. games left. <laughs> yeah, there's there's four games left, but none of the teams really scare me that much. Now, I guess I should be scared of the Packers again because for whatever reason, they just have our number. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like Heberflew saved his job last week. Uh, I don't know about Getze. Uh, but we'll get into all that. We'll talk about last week's game, and then we'll try to preview a little bit of this week's game. Uh, and then at the end, we'll try and cover some questions from the chat and uh, go that format. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Bears, they just dominated the Lions. on, uh, and, and it was two – well, I guess the Lions had a win in the middle there, but the, the last two times the Lions have played NFC North opponents, they just looked – the last three times, really, because like I said, the Bears beat them or should have beat them that first time. Um, they just looked awful. Uh, I don't see Don Byrne in the chat. I think he's went into hiding. Well, I don't know. They won big last night. Maybe yep. he was up late. Maybe he'll come in later. I don't know. But, celebrating uh, a Lions victory. <laughs> but the Bears, I mean, just everything that they did against the Lions just seemed to work. Uh, they the the reverse to DJ I guess it wasn't really a reverse it was like a wildcat formation to DJ Moore for a touchdown that was really cool we saw an offsides penalty that went well for us how many how many times we've been on the other side of that it was really nice to be on the on the winning side of of a an offsides play in Justin Fields that was the play of the game game. right there absolutely fourth of thirteen I don't think I've ever seen in my life the Bears you know, uh, go for it on fourth and 13, actually, because, you know, you know, they're trying to draw them off sides, whatever they're trying to do, you know, uh, and then uh, to put that, you know, pass perfectly placed uh, for Justin Fields in the back of the end zone. That was something, you know, I was I was well enough to appreciate that last weekend. Yeah, beautiful pass from Justin yep. to DJ. Yep. And uh, that combination seems to be paying good dividends. So good for Ryan Poles on making that trade. He was able to go get him a number one and the Carolina Panthers yep. took the wrong guy. Uh, I'm biased, but Will Levis is balling out in Tennessee. And if he was in Carolina, who knows where that pick would be, you know, but uh, yep. or even a CJ Stroud. I mean, I can't give him, uh, I can't say anything bad about CJ Stroud. He's been playing his ass off too in Houston. So, uh, yeah, it's a hell of a story. Picked the wrong guy, you know. Um, but, uh, Jordan, what did you think of the game last week against the Lions? Uh, ups and downs and I, no, I, think, I think you fellas hit it uh that that fourth and 13 throw is probably the, the best big boy moment of justin fields's career yeah i'm just talking about i mean you know obviously he's had a few where he sets the protection makes a completion but it's the stakes it's 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 the down it's fourth and 13 it's the perfect pass uh it's him actually getting them to jump off sides yep. snapping the ball getting the throw off so uh, i mean this is the, the we, we don't have to get into the discussion of do you want to trade Justin Fields or not, but oh, we will. Oh, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> oh, oh, we will. It's <laughs> but, I mean, tailgate. This is uh, this is the, the best thing for the Bears is Justin Fields playing well, uh, because yeah. either you're gonna trade him and his value's increased, or you're gonna keep him and you think you have a guy. As far as uh, the game, I, I mean, I, I think that the Lions, I'm kind of with uh, resident scout Greg Gabriel, I don't think the Lions. Are anything special? I'm not saying they're a bad team, but they play in a conference that's extraordinarily weak. They had a very good week one game that put them on the map in a week one where all everything is wonky in week one. 
And they've kind of been, I don't want to say fraudulent, but they've been a middling team since. They've not beaten many people. Uh, so I, I hear all the hype and, and excitement for, wow, look who the Bears beat. But I don't necessarily think that the Lions are a special team. And I think that that defense led by Iberflus, uh did some really good things to to put Jared Goff in a bind. And that's not just one game. That's been uh, two games of Jared Goff throwing interception after interception and uh, that defensive line getting after it, which is impressive. I mean, look, I, I'm not telling you Taylor Decker's an all-star tackle, but Taylor Decker's a legit tackle. And uh, got put on his skates a few times and had a uh, pass rusher right in Jared Goff's lap. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of good things there. I know people are excited about Gravon Dexter. Dexter's coming along as well. So uh, it it's it's a I think I'll kind of put a cap on it this way. The most unfortunate part about it is they've had so many moments of close games that if they could have just pushed the car past the finish line, mm-hmm. this season looked so much different. Um, and it's. Yeah. You know, now unfortunately it's not too late, but we're getting real point to the point where it's like, is it too little, too late? You now put yourself in a position where you can't afford to take a misstep uh, in order to get to where you want to go. And so it's, I mean, it'll be fun. It makes it more exciting. But boy, oh boy, you wish you would have been able to close a couple of those games. Yeah, the Denver game comes to mind. Of course, October first, we lost twenty eight thirty one. We had that game. Could easily could easily be six and seven. Uh, you know, the first uh, time we played Detroit. First, we first time we played. On, yeah, first time we played Detroit. Collapse in the second half. Uh, let me ask you a question, Jordan. Um, is it possible? Yeah, you know, there was another pass play from Jordan where he whistled one on the sideline through a defender's hand. A fastball to Darnell yeah, Mooney. Yeah. Really nice throw. Uh, is it possible? Could, maybe it just took uh, Justin Fields longer than average to start developing. You know, uh, as an NFL core, well, develop, development's not linear, so absolutely it's possible. But um, I think this is nobody really talks about this, but I think there's a trend that, with Justin Fields that I don't see a lot talked about a lot. He always starts slow. If you look at all every season, every season he's yeah. he looks lost, and then yeah. and I'm not saying it takes 13 weeks to get there, but usually, and this actually lines up, it's just that he was kind of hurting it when he started to look good. It was what week five, week six. That's kind of how his career has been thus far uh in chicago so i wouldn't surprise me if he's all of a sudden warmed up uh and to your point too development's not linear absolutely i mean geno smith came on after how many years yeah Um, so i mean it it can happen but again and we promise we're not going to dive too deep into it but my whole thing has always been that it's not justin fields is is a total issue it's just the timelines it's the it's the time of his contract, where he's at in his career, the decisions you have to make with where the Bears Absolutely. are at in the organization, they just don't – they're perpendicular. They don't line up. Absolutely. You know, I, I tweeted something about uh, um, the Bears holding the Panthers' number one pick. You know, uh, it's so that, that dynamic, uh, it, it kind of outweighs trading Justin Fields away because the things you can do with that number one pick without taking a quarterback mm-hmm. – it kind of uh, uh, favors keeping Justin Fields. You're putting, talking about putting uh, maybe a stud left tackle and another a number one wide receiver uh, for him to utilize, uh, rather than resetting it at quarterback, resetting at quarterback and coach, or resetting at quarterback and offensive coordinator. Like keep, keeping Justin Fields and spending it to improve the roster might be the smarter or safer move. I don't know. What do you think, Casey? I think that as far as offensive coordinator Luke Getze has been inconsistent all year. 100%. And the writing's got to be on the wall, at least with that position that you're changing that. 
And if you are, as much as I love Justin Fields, I don't know if you want to ask him to learn another new offense going into a contract year, you know, whereas they – I hate to say it because I love Justin and I, I want him to be my quarterback. And I just want to build around him. But to learn a, a whole nother offense and, and try and do that and earn a contract would be – tough sledding next year for, for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. I mean, it may it may push the whole team back, but you you have to measure that with – I'm not a big fan of Caleb Williams. Drake May's fine. Uh, Jordan, I know you love J.J., but I don't think you're taking him number one. So No, it's just – a br- real brief there. The whole thing about J.J., and I mean, I'll just be super quick, is obviously you guys know I like J.J. McCarthy. But, yeah, but he's my but, number one quarterback in this draft. The, the big thing is it's just – I've always been trying to say, like, this quarterback class has been very good. It's not the best, but there are more than two legitimate guys, and I'm just tired of seeing it's Caleb or Drake, it's Caleb or Drake, it's Caleb or Drake. There are other guys, and so that was kind of my yep. – me hitching my horse to a guy I really believe in beyond those two. Um, and then the real quick – just the last bit there is the reason I like J.J. McCarthy is – you can trade down and still get all those massive assets that you want to build it. And for all the draft heads in here that are like, why don't we just trade another first overall pick and get seven more first, which that's not realistic, but you can still get a massive haul and then move down to a situation where JJ McCarthy's there. And it's whether or not he's as talented as Drake may or Caleb Williams, he's a talented kid. And then it goes back to, well, don't we want a talented quarterback like Justin Fields to have, all of the weapons and all of the skill around him. Yeah, great. Why don't you go get another talented kid who's a leader, who comes from a good blue bud program, who's younger, who's cheap for four or five controlled years, and you get to build all of those assets around him. It just that 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 is a much smoother thing than trying to hitch it all to, you know, uh, a Drake May or, or Caleb Williams if you think you have other needs that you want to fill in the roster. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't take into consideration the locker room, which is squarely in the corner of Justin Fields what the damage would be for for uh, 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 trading Justin Fields because I guarantee you there's a lot of people in there who are really uh, uh, rooting for Justin Fields you know and what well, about they, they go on the score do. every week and say exactly that DJ yep. Morris said that's his guy Brisker yep. said that's his guy Jalen Johnson went on the score when we had Bajan starting and said I love Tyson, but there's no quarterback controversy. Justin's yeah. our guy. So, and there. and Kurt Warner has said on there when he's at whenever he's ever been in a quarterback competition, the locker room knows who should be the starter. And it sounds like, at least publicly, they all believe Justin should be the starter this year and going forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another dynamic that has to be taken into consideration. Ryan Pol- I don't envy Ryan Poles' offseason tasks no, that no. are in front of him, man. Because uh, 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 you know he's got a lot on his plate, man. I'll tell you that right now. But you know, uh, Justin Fields, uh, all these quarter- other quarterbacks we're talking about, and I, I love, I love uh, some of these quarterbacks that are coming out. Like, like I love JJ McCarthy, leadership skills. Look what he's done with like nothing around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Drake and Caleb are okay, but to me it's kind of CJ and, and Bryce all over again. And uh, you don't know uh, – that nothing's a sure thing. That's the thing with quarterbacks. Like I saw someone – someone made a comment I flashed up there about about 70% of them fail. And uh, uh, is it going to be expensive to keep Justin Fields? Yeah, it's going to be $40 bucks a year. 
Right. You know, whether or not he, he he shows out these next four games or not, that's the going rate for quarterbacks. You know, probably minimum 40. Maybe maybe he gets we get a little discount if he falters up. But I've said along the whole thing problem with Justin Fields has been coaching. I mean, mm-hmm. Luke Getze let it slip a little bit with that one call where he said uh, the, the, uh, the the defensive end lined up, uh, uh, you know, off the off the ball the, a little bit. And there's no kill call more out of the back. Uh, you, you have to think of every detail. You, know, yeah. you have to think of every detail when, you know, there has to be a kill call, whether you're in his helmet or not, giving him directions in his ear. Uh, there has to be more more consistency. And a lot of times I, I felt this season that uh, the, the the coaching staff, for whatever reason, just wasn't prepared for the season. It, 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 it leaked over onto the team. You know, it was a lot of the beginning, the beginning of the year. We lost, like we said, we lost a lot of prime opportunities to win some of these early games. Because of lack of preparedness, there were penalties. Oh, there was all I mean, week one. We had injuries week one. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, that's just, part of what you're you're saying too, too, which is that like, hey, I mean, yeah. Justin Fields is he finally turned the corner? And I mean, you really hit the nail on the head there. Is I just don't know what the kids ever had a good quality coach that. Yeah. Is, I mean, maybe a game or two, but even then, I, to be quite frank, I don't necessarily. I, I'm, maybe I'm just recency biased. I can't think of a single game in his entire career with the Bears where I thought the game plan was excellent. You can talk to me about the Patriots game. You can talk to me about these others. And yeah. I'm going, I, yeah, I mean, and I've been an advocate. Like get, I've been saying Greg, get Greg Roman here since his, his end of his rookie year, just because I was like, that yep. kid's legs provide you something. But at the same time, I don't think running the, the, the quarterback 17 times a game is a successful game plan. Not to me. Uh, this It's just not. Like, yeah, four or five times, maybe a couple read options. But – where is the actual legitimately successful game plan where there are yeah. great passing concepts? And this isn't just for me. You can go watch your favorite yeah. QB analyst from Kurt Warner to JTO Sullivan to whoever. They'll tell you that this offense just kind of looks, I don't know. It's, 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 I would teach the last thing I'll say about this. You and I have said this before. It's a 15th best offense in the league. We don't want 15th best. 15th yeah. best doesn't not, get you anywhere. Not with a talent like Justin Fields. No, you want top-tier talent on your roster, on yep. your staff. 15th best isn't that. Yeah. yeah. If um, yeah, Go ahead, AC. I, I know two of the biggest questions while we're on this subject of the draft, the two biggest questions of Justin Fields are he holds on to the ball too long yeah. in anticipatory throws. From what I've seen of Caleb Williams – he does those exact same things. I haven't seen enough of Drake made to make that conclusion, but Jordan, does JJ make those anticipatory throws? Does he hold on to the ball too long as well? Are we looking at a draft class where we are essentially getting the exact same thing that we already have? And if so, J2K makes a good point here. He's going to cost $26 million over the next two years. That's Yeah, if you give him the option. That's half of what... But if what he's going to want new paper, well, well, I mean, what he if, wants and what he gets is two different things. Yeah. I mean, he he's yeah. not if he doesn't get something before next, he's not stepping on the field. I wouldn't yeah. risk your whole career to an injury. Well, I'm just saying, even if we, I, it's this is why it's such a great conversation because it's so nuanced and layered. Even if we're being that's what you get with tailgate. Yeah, well, and even if we get, <laughs> even if we're generous and saying he just magically takes the Jordan Love deal, where it is incredibly team friendly, he's betting on himself. It, the layer we haven't even talked about is if you're Ryan Poles in a league where you don't get second opportunities as GM, mm. can he afford a third year of underachieving? 
Will the city, will this front office go, oh, yeah, no, three years have been really shit. I mean, totally, Ryan Pohl, stick around. At some point, I know we all want draft picks. I know we just want to stack it up. But he, look at the exit doors. If I keep Justin Fields and I have a third underachieving year, am I really going to let my sink ship with the Ryan Pace's guy? Or if I draft my quarterback, I don't care the name. If I draft my quarterback, I get cheap years. And at the end of the third year, if the rookie quarterback doesn't look good, I may have an opportunity to tell George, whoever, Kevin Warren, it's my guy. Give him a more than a year. And, I mean, we'll see if they keep Fluce, but if you hire and you do it the right way and you bring an offensive mind in with your rookie quarterback, there's more of an opportunity there to go, hey, give me a little more of a timeline. Yeah. I see Jerry Sanders says underachieving. Yeah, I mean – I do think underachieve. I, I'm one. Of, I'm probably one of one here. I I get why you would have just tanked the roster last year because there was a lot of cancerous contracts. But I, and I'm not telling you that he did it the wrong way. But something that I've been saying, Jay Sanders, is that you are playing in the weakest conference in a while. Where I mean, you could have done so much in that first year if you would push the pedal on the gas. And maybe that was irresponsible. Fine, but so fine. Then you tanked your first year so you could do all this. But at a certain point when you're trading first-round picks, you're spending um, assets, you've had your first free agency spending spree, you're still in a weak conference. We just talked about how the Lions have beat nobody in this conference. And how are you what, – what What do the Bears have, eight losses? I mean, yeah. how are you How are you eight losses in and you're still technically in the hunt at this point in the season? Yeah. It's a shitty conference. So I'm sorry if, if I see that you're losing games by a few points and you're at this – this team does underachieve. You should have been pushing the gas pedal hard to get – into the postseason when this conference is where it's at is the strength of a conference. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When he started the 49ers clearly the class. Absolutely. Yeah. I said on my 12 ounce core route podcast that I think, you know, I think 49ers are winning the Super Bowl. I don't see anybody that can beat them in either conference. Uh, I know you talked about the NFC, Jordan, but the AFC, I mean, you've got a bunch of teams at seven and six fighting for a playoff spot, and the top of it doesn't look that great either. You got the Kansas City Chiefs. Hundred percent, AC. Hundred percent. Can't. Yeah, I think there's a little nuance there. And sure, I mean, we can certainly parse it out with the NFC and see how that's just the same. But you're talking about a few teams where Justin Herbert was has recently been hurt. He's had the finger all year. Joe Burrow's been out. Uh, who are the other teams in the AFC that I'm not not thinking of? I mean, uh, Miami. Yeah, Miami's fine. Miami's playing well. They're they're a team. They've had a few injuries, but um, it's just there's some scenarios there where I think those AFC teams, particularly, and this has been the league wide this year that the court starting quarterbacks have all been injured, and that hurts. Yeah, I mean that's the old time. Forgive me, I don't remember the coach, but it was when talking about Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning gets injured. What are you going to do? And he's like, well, you know, we're we don't. Screwed. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're we're fucked. And uh, I'll tell you what, we don't practice fucked. So I mean, it's like that's. That's the reality of a lot of NFL teams. Right look at all the quarterbacks that have started this season, man. Tom, from Tommy DeVito to Tyson Bajant. Yeah. A record all, number of yeah. starting quarterbacks. Yeah, a record number of guys that probably, you know, wouldn't be playing football if it wasn't for injury. Yeah, I mean, you talk, that's another one the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has been hurt. Yeah. You know, yep. they can't move around. Like, it's just there's certain, and, and I'm not telling you that the AFC has 100 excuses and the NFC doesn't. You can find it both ways, but. Uh, I think that there's there's opportunity in every league year to push the pedal and achieve. And unfortunately, I don't think the Bears have done a great job of that two years in. Yeah. And somebody, I mean, J2K had said, like, put the arrows pointing up. Absolutely, you don't discount that. We're going to talk about this Cleveland game and, and what this means, where the Bears are at. And I agree with you, J2K, the arrow is pointing up. But I'm also trying my best to not be a prisoner of the moment where it's all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies right now. So 
let's re-up everybody and, and, and charge the credit card through the roof when I have to look at priors and see that this team outside of the last couple of weeks hasn't found a way to put it together. Yeah, he tried to get in twice, AC. Yeah, I don't know which one to pull in. Got it one that there was one that one that's not frozen. Here, there he is. Oh, he man, wanted, I... wanted to be on the show. He tried to get in twice. Man, <laughs> two times for trouble. You feel me? What's going on, fellas? Good. Okay, so baby. Y'all got your boy in in the in the ambulance. You feel me? We we. <laughs> man. It's been a busy morning. <laughs> it's hard at work you today. To pick up Joe Flacco in that thing. <laughs> hey man, I'm, hey listen, y'all might be. You feel me? Oh damn, coming out. I might, I might have to uh, jump off for a second so I can drive us back. But I, I'm here. I'll yeah. be here. I'm just letting everybody know. <laughs> well, if you want to, I can just put you backstage until I see you at like the station or something, maybe. Or- yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back stage, brother. Love you, brother. Well, SKB's hard at work today. I was going to ask him about last week's game, but uh, he was, uh, as you can see, riding around, driving the ambulance. Um, my guys always working, never yeah. not working like those uh, head and shoulders commercials. That's, that's KB. The, uh, 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 some of the chat room posts, man, some, some interesting hypotheticals. Uh, if you draft a quarterback, do you? I mean, can, do you still keep Eberflus? I mean, and if if you get rid of Getzy, don't you have to get rid of Eberflus too? Or do you, I mean, because you kind of if you get rid of Getzy, you're kind of uh, telling him, you know, uh, you got If you want to stay, you got to get rid of Getzy. Replace him with someone that knows what he's doing or whatever, you know. And that and operating under conditions like that are never optimal for an NFL franchise. But uh, uh, if you're drafting a quarterback, do you got to do you have to reset it at, at coaching staff too? Now, I'm biased because I look at offensive head coaches and I think 11 of the 14 playoff teams right now are offensive-minded head coaches. Um, And the first thing you have to get right as a head coach is get your side of the ball right. And we finally saw Eberflus getting that with his defense playing lights out. I mean, they're top five in every category since Montez Sweat came over. Yeah, and that's the landmark, right? And sort of sweat, uh, sweat got here, uh, putting pressure on you know drawing the double teams. Uh, that was that was key to the resurgence of this of this defense. I, I have, I have, I know uh, uh, I've got some numbers here. Uh, since since Sweat has gotten here, uh, Bears have eleven sacks in five games. Uh, they've cut eleven. Those eleven sacks have come in the last four games. Uh, they produced eleven takeaways in the last three games. Uh, after getting only nine takeaways before Sweat got here, the Bears' defense recently fourth. They've resurged to fourth uh, in total yards allowed, sixth in rush yards per game, fourth in passing yards per game. They're tied for first in interceptions. Which if you told me yeah. before the season that Bears would be first in the NFL, and we have a bye week. I would there, never too. have believed you. Yeah, and first in passer rating allowed, and second best in uh, not allowing explosive plays. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, the. Uh, the, the, the evidence is there for uh, uh, the defense uh, and Montez Sweat's appearance uh, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to show you that uh, the resurgence is a, a he's a big part of it. And and I don't want to give too high of praise. It's very difficult to, but it reminds me of when Lovey Smith brought in Julius Peppers and what he was able to do exactly. with that defense. Yeah. Now now Julius is a Hall of Famer, you know, yep. so. 
it's hard to throw that name out there, but yeah, just but when I see him on there, that's what he Sweat, reminds me Sweat's of. Sweat's been comped to, to Julius Peppers before. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, he's the, got the size and the, the size, speed, the speed and all that. Yeah. The yeah. length. Yeah. That's a great point. But the way he's turned the defense around, it's been fantastic. But how much but, of it is Eberflus and how much of it is Montez Sweat? That's the basic question. I think it's a healthy dose of both. I think Probably. that Eber, because even the players have started saying, you because uh, they asked Jalen Johnson, who, by the way, his price keeps going up, but they asked Jalen Johnson, what's been yep. the difference with Eberflus taking over? And he said, basically, with Eberflus really being hands-on with the defense, which is telling me that he wasn't as, heads, as hands-on earlier, it's that's been a huge turning point with the defense because they're learning a lot from him. Uh, I guess Alan Williams was just an awful DC. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was looking, I was from the outside looking in, but we're seeing different things from Eberflus that I didn't expect to see the blitzes, the twists, the stunts, the yeah. bringing pressure from the secondary type things that I didn't expect to see with this defense, which was why I was partially out on him because I didn't like the Tampa 2 scheme. But if you have the Tampa 2 scheme, uh, 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 it's more of a zone blitzing scheme at this point, the way he's running it. I love that scheme. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers ran it for years. I don't know if they still run it, uh, but they ran it for years under Bill Cowher and won a ton of championships and and really put Ben Roethlisberger in the Hall of Fame mostly off their defense because yeah. they just kept him in games no matter what. And I, I like the things that Eberflus is doing. However, Caesar makes a great point here because I don't know how well they are able to um, bring along a quarterback or yeah. bring along any position, really. I mean, DJ Moore was solidified before he got here. Yep. We've seen Darnell Mooney fall off. Cole Komet, I guess that could be one that you can say, yeah, he's gotten better under this staff, but I don't know if that's yeah. him or if that's the coaching staff. Great, the great offensive points. line is finally going, getting put together and playing well, I think. Uh, there were some moments in last week's game where they looked awfully rough at the start. I mean, there was a ton of pressure on Justin, but they got it together. And I don't know, man. It's just – it's not our decision to make. If it were up to me, I would bring in an offensive-minded head coach and draft me a quarterback and and line them up together. You know, yeah. like Jordan said, we're always in this position where our yeah. nothing lines up correctly. Yeah, the it's almost cycle. Like it's almost yep. like they're in passing with each other. We we had Nagy yep. come in when Trubisky was already here, and then yep. when when Nagy's leaving, he drafts him a quarterback, and then he's yeah. gone. Oh. And then you bring in another one, and they're in passing, and it just yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, to be fair, Ryan Poles is certainly every every and this is every GM they have their black marks on their record, but I think Ryan Poles has done a pretty admirable job putting together assets, building the team. Drafting yep. some promising rookies. You're not overextended in your cap. So there are good things there, front-loading contracts. So there, I don't see an immediate reason, to, and not that we're not talking like he's going to be fired, but I wouldn't see any immediate reason to yank him as we're talking about. But if he went three years without progress, all of a sudden it's, can I really keep going this way with the team builder when he's not getting any further? I bring that up to say, Understanding that he's not necessarily the problem, the way he's built the team is pretty admirable, pretty respectable. 
you're not really ruining, and I know we're talking in the same circle here, but you're not really ruining a timeline if you hire an offensive head coach and you pair him with a young quarterback or however you want to do it. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily, well, the GM and the head coach and the quarterback are on different timelines. I think you can find a way to mesh those two together. Uh, right now, the biggest issue that I have, and I mean, I'm, I, I see a lot of people in the chat time, but we got to fire Getsy, got to fire Getsy. I'm not telling you, you got to keep them. I just said earlier, like, I don't, you don't keep coaches that are top of the middle of the league at best. But to me, I think the biggest issue is that Justin Fields and Luke Getsy clearly are, have never been on the same page. And I'm not even going to totally blame Justin Fields for that. I'm not telling you he's absolved of all blame. He has he still takes a long time to read the field, misses open throws, et cetera. But I also think for a relationship to be successful, and I mean, look no further than Bryce Young in Carolina, and there's a ton of others. When you're asking your quarterback to do things that either they're not comfortable with or you're not soliciting their advice, or alternatively, it's very clear from the very beginning that your offensive coordinator doesn't necessarily trust or believe uh, in the skill set of the starter, which obviously it's so easy to have revisionist history now, but I don't really think it is. You can look at Luke Getze coming in. And it's never really aligned with understanding who Justin Fields is, how he plays, putting whether it's putting him under center, running play action, letting him bomb deep balls, changing his shotgun footwork. It's it's all these things that say my offensive coordinator doesn't necessarily believe in my quarterback. And I think that's my also another thing we haven't talked about is like you keep Fields and I guess you can swap the OC, but then you're asking him to lose an, or to learn a new system. You keep Getsy and you're just continuing on this marriage where two mm. sides don't really get each other. I mean, that that's a problem. Yeah, I think that was a big reason why we started out 0 and 4 is he was like, I know you're, I know you're one of the best runners in the league at the quarterback position. We're going to take that away and hamstring you. I. I watched them do this to Will Levis from his junior year to his senior year at Kentucky. Liam Cohen went to the Rams. Uh, Rich Scangarello came in, and he goes, okay, we have to get you ready for the draft, so you are going to pass first, pass second, pass third, and you are not going to run. He was dealing with injuries. That was part of it, but it just it ruined his – I mean, he dropped to the second round for that. The Colts are sitting there with Anthony Richardson, who's hurt all year. The as we said, the Carolina Panthers are sitting there with Bryce Young because that's who the owner wanted. When Will Levis had had an NFL system, put up numbers in an NFL system, understood the language of an NFL system, and everybody trade everyone went against him. And I'm so I, I know this isn't about a, David McCarthy. It's weird, man. I, weird. I know this isn't a Titans show, but I am so happy that Will Levis played the way he did last week. And there are so many Tennessee Volunteer fans that are also Titans fans that absolutely dragged the pick when they made it. Dragged it. Now they're sitting in the stands with their number eight jerseys on, cheering for a Kentucky quarterback. But uh, I, I, we got Barrelissimo talking a lot about uh, one yeah, Billings in the chat. So I'm going to bring another Billings we into the We have the other show. Billings. Finally backstage, back at work. What's going on, KB? Uh, we've talked about a whole lot from the Lions game to the draft class to and 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 barely said he's going to put out some all 22s with big cuzzo in it and uh oh, yeah. I'm sure you're happy to see it uh I, I love I love what he's doing but uh, how how you doing this week brother man what's going on oh man as y'all can see uh my morning has been busy uh ever since I've gotten here at what about 
six thirty ish. We've been we've been kind of moving around a lot. And oh uh, man, your boy barely some boy. He he out here showing love, man. He uh he reached out to me earlier in the week and let me know that he was getting ready to do some things and uh to kind of show off what Big Cuz has been doing, man. And I, you know, what I'm saying I gave him a blessing. Hey, go make my boy a star. He already he's already <laughs> working on it himself. But go ahead and let some of these fans know that don't know. Well, I voted uh, for him for the Pro Bowl. I know, the, I know oh, the yeah. sack numbers aren't there because of his position, but the things that he's doing on our defense, I know, and Montez Sweat helps a lot. I, oh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get him this offseason. We'll be able to talk to Big Cuz about how the defense and how the locker room changed when Montez walked through the door. You know, oh, yeah, uh, but he's been doing fun. he's been doing great things. Uh, I'm so happy that they re-signed him to keep him here for a couple more years at least. Uh, who knows after that? Maybe maybe he continues that career. Maybe he goes into uh, become a, a, a barroom member. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, man. <laughs> we, we can swing it. That'd be dope. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. What, what, what we got going on, man? I'm, I'm hearing a lot, man. Like I said, I heard y'all talking about the, the Detroit game. You know what I'm saying? I done, I done heard other things being brought up. Where we at right now? Well – um, we're kind of in a jumble. Someone was talking about if we draft a quarterback, do we trust this coaching staff? And I told you guys last week on the on in the DMs that I think I think Eberflu saved his job last week. The way that we played against Detroit, the way the defense is playing, but I can't say the same for Luke Getzey. So you're going into a situation where almost the Jay Cutler route where Justin Fields, you're our guy, you're going to learn another new offense every single year, or do we fire everybody and draft a quarterback? What would what would GMKB do in this situation? All right, man, listen. All right, I'm going to say some things. First of all, and uh, a lot of folks might look at me sideways. That being said, right now, just just looking at a, a standpoint of overall team was Ibrahimovic is kind of doing his job. Now I'm not saying that that's the best thing in the world. He's got this team all world. And I'm not saying that, but you got to look at the hand his man was dealt. He came into a job where he literally got a cupcake roster and was told, "Hey, you're not gonna win shit this year." All right, so we 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 come along to this year. Uh, this year, you know, we we had the slow start, but the slow start can be attributed to the fact that you have a lot of moving parts. You got a lot of new people that came in through the door, a lot of folks that don't know the man next to him and doesn't don't know what he likes to do and what he doesn't like to do. Yeah. So it started off slow. We all looked at it and said the same thing. This man looks like he's in over his head. He probably shouldn't be a head coach. Now. There was starting to be a turn. I, I don't know if people remember this, but back when the Bears played the Broncos, I said, does it not look like since Eberflus has taken over calling plays on defense that the defense is starting to play a little better? Not saying that they're playing all world, but they seem to be playing better. And to be honest, it's been it's been the stacking of, of blocks ever since then. And it was the can't they can't finish games. They might be able to shut somebody out for a couple quarters, but they can't finish a game. So now we start to see them getting to a point now where they're finishing games. Yes, Montez Sweat has a lot to do with that. He he has been the game changer. He is making Mike Lombardi look like a jackass more than he already is. Uh 
So we, that guy. I can't believe he said that when he said it. <laughs> blows my mind. But you get you get you get that side of it. So now we're starting to look at things in totality. Defense is playing better, but like people are trying to point out, defense hasn't played extreme top talent. Detroit might have been the best offense that we have went against, but they shut them down. They did their job. Then the flip side of that is the Getsy situation. Maybe Getsy doesn't like the, the style of quarterback feels is. Maybe he just doesn't identify with it. That, that offense is really built toward more of a, hey, let's sit in the pocket and dissect. I'm sorry, but that's not the type of quarterback we got. If there was a case, I feel like I'm more on what AC said. I do think that Iberflus has a good chance of coming back. If he was to come back, I do not see how you bring Gessie back. For as long as Fields is the quarterback of this team, Lou Gessie should not be the person overseeing him. He does not call plays that are co cohesive to what he how he plays. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I see a lot of folks that bring out the, you know, go get the Greg Romans of the world. You know, you got the rumor now that Ryan Day might be shopping himself as an offensive coordinator. I, I had an Ohio State friend, Ohio State fan friend that said that he thinks that Ryan Day might be trying to leave. The whole fucking team hit the transfer portal. That like, tells you something. Bro, and shit was crazy. Kentucky went up there and got him a running back. So I'm all right with that. <laughs> but this is this is why I step in because I'm 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 looking at everything now. Because that and this this is gonna bring me even more into a tirade than where I'm at. Because where I'm at now, I'm done talking about what the Bears are going to do in the offseason. I don't give a fuck. It, until the Bears are statistically out of the running for the playoffs. We're in the hunt. This is my. This is the team I'm running for. I don't care about who the fuck the quarterback is going to be next year. I don't care about who the coach is going to be next year. I know that right now the Bears, if they win today, they are in a better position tomorrow to be in the playoffs. And if that is the case, I'm going to tell you this now. If there was ever a way that they can win out and go nine and eight, make it to the playoffs, I am just as confident in this team as I was the one that went to the playoffs and lost to the fucking Eagles. I do absolutely believe the Bears can beat the Detroit Lions in the first round of the playoff game. If anybody else says that that's different, hey, that's y'all. I do believe that if we sat there and we drew the Cowboys, we would get our ass stumped. We played the 49ers, we would get our ass stumped. I absolutely believe we would probably make it a game with the Eagles. I do not believe that the Eagles are as, as vaunted as people believe they are. I think that would be a closer game, but we probably lose. So we we come back to this topic. And like I said, I'm going to speak on this and I'm dropping it because, like I said, I'm rolling with this team. Next year, I don't care. I, people want Caleb Williams. You go Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is a five foot eleven quarterback. Have fun with that. I was told last year that Bryce Young could not be generational because he was under six foot. Do not shop me a quarterback that plays the way he plays when he's not even the best quarterback in his division. I would take Michael Penix 10 times out of 10 over him. That being said, if you were to bring in an OC, why aren't we watching the man who turned the player that Cam uh, that Justin Fields most plays like in Cam Newton? Mike Shula right now is the fucking offensive passing coordinator or wherever the fuck that is in, in, in Buffalo. Why wouldn't you go try to get him brought in? This man helped Cam Newton get to an MVP season. Hmm. Justin Fields plays like Cam Newton in my book. Yeah, yeah. He's a big quarterback. He can scramble. He can throw the ball deep. 
That's what that offense was built off of. Go get a guy like Shula in here. Have him oversee that. If Ryan Day is shopping himself as an offensive coordinator, yeah, maybe bring Ryan Day in to be maybe just the goddamn quarterback coach or whatever the case may be. I don't know how people feel about Ryan Day. I don't know what to feel about Ryan Day, but guess what? He worked with Justin Fields, and he had Justin Fields playing good. So as far as my point is being, like I said, the point I'm at, I don't care what they do next year. If folks want Caleb Williams, then you drive Caleb Williams. If anybody wants somebody else, then drive somebody else. Right now, though, the Bears are still in contention. I'm tired of the bullshit of the back and forth. The grass is not greener. Everybody knows it. We've been playing this game since we had Jay Cutler. It was, hey, we need a better quarterback. And then Jay Cutler leaves the building, and then we've had shit for fucking years. Brandon Marshall leaves. You don't replace him. Alshon Jeffrey leaves. You don't replace him. Uh, Matt Forte leaves. You can't replace him. Martellus Bennett fucking leaves. We didn't get somebody that's even comparable to him until we get Cole Komet. The grass is not greener. If you are a Bears fan, you should automatically know this. I'm tired of trying to push people out the door when this team is not fucking complete because this is how we get to where we're at now. We're constantly saying this kid's going to be better. And then somebody else goes somewhere else and they play like a fucking superstar. And then we're left looking like dumbasses. Dude, build the fucking team with the players that you got. If a player is not good, you push him out the door. I'm, I'm, I'm off this whole bandwagon that we need to be worried about next year. Worry about now. Mm. Worry about now. The fucking Giants went on a run at 8-8 eight and eight, made the playoffs and made a Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's stop playing with next year. Worry about now until they are statistically eliminated. Stop worrying about next year. And that's all I need to say. So you're re-signing Jalen Johnson is what you're saying. That's a long-winded answer of how to say that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you have to because cornerbacks on the spot when we're not that deep, you know? Uh, You see people talk. I I didn't see mock drafts and people coming out saying, oh, well, the Bears need to draft Kool-Aid McCaffrey from Alabama. Why? He ain't got shit but a good nickname. I have not seen, like, Kool-Aid McKinstry has been at the top of draft boards all year long, and I have not seen anything. It was almost like, uh, who's the guy from Georgia last year that did that? Uh, Jordan, I'm sure you you remember his name. Ringo. Kelly Ringo was on the top of draft boards all year last year, and then the draft comes around and everybody's like, I mean, I don't see it. I think he dropped to like the third, fourth, maybe fifth round. So that's what I feel like with Kool-Aid. I haven't seen anything to tell me absolutely got to draft this guy in the top ten. Uh, I, hell, the guy from Iowa might be better that you, that you see every week. Uh, uh, Cooper. Cooper yeah. Deshaun. That's that's Jordan Mice guy, man. We'll put him at free safety. Let him return some punts on the Bears. Hey, man, we might need a free safety, bro. <laughs> we do. I mean, I'll tell you right now, we're, after DJ Moore, we don't have a lot. You have to upgrade a wide receiver. He'll come out of this draft with one. I would prefer two wide receivers in this next draft. Okay. And, and you got to get a center. We need a stud center to solidify that offensive line, make the calls, protect up the middle, stout up the middle. And, you know, you gotta you got to have a, a, a ball hawk and free safety out there. In this in this NFL with the passing game as it is, you know your your free safety's got to do a lot of stuff, not just tackle, not just be the last line of defense. He's got to cover, you know. He's got to call the defense. Though so he got to so come out replacing Eddie Jackson yeah. then, or yeah. At this point, I mean, you got to look. Eddie getting a little longer than two. If he don't seem yeah. like he's reacting as fast, you got to get something in the pipeline, KB. Right? Yeah. 
Uh, I would first approach him and ask him maybe about taking the pay cut. I mean, he is taking up a lot. You got to look at him and him and fucking uh, Cody White here. What twenty thousand together? Or so? I mean, twenty million together. You you get rid of both of that, you up to about eighty nine, ninety million again. So, yeah, I would say, man, get some of these young people in, bro. You gotta you gotta this, this, some of the old guard this out. This guy thinks Tyson Bajant is better than Justin. Man, he always is here. That's that him. Is that Mike Norris burner account? Because I, I think swear so. he 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 here he take, this guy would take Trubisky over fucking Justin Fields. He talks about he talks about winning percentages as a quarterback. Not, that. That's winning percentage doesn't matter, Jack. Shit, the team around Troy Aikman was one in fifteen his first year. He was a Hall of Fame quarterback. One in fifteen, winning, winning. It's the dumbest comment I've seen in a long time. Yeah, bro. That's, I, I, I'm not even paying the man no attention no more, bro. I, when we, when I went off that one day when he was talking about Beijing needs to be in, I, I was done. <laughs> yeah, KB just said straight up, just take, just say what you want to say. You don't want a black quarterback, and it was, <laughs> it was real quiet after that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm listen. I'm up to the point now, bro. I wouldn't necessarily be too pissed off if they passed on Marvin Harrison Jr. If it, it meant building the team, man. Uh, I I just don't see the Cardinals not picking him. And I see I see a lot of people having them trading up for a quarterback too. I'm like, bro, they still got Kyler. I don't. I don't see. They just paid it. Kyler, so unless they unless they're doing the Justin yeah. Fields route and trading him away in the right. draft, who wants that contract? Who, who's trading for Kyler exactly. Murray? <laughs> who wants that? Who wants that contract on the books? Exactly. I, I man, listen. If you can give me any combination of elite neighbors, the old boy from Washington, or the the bigger, I ain't gonna say the bigger, the faster version of Alshon Jeffrey from South Carolina. Hell, you can give me a Mecca Buka. Shit. If you give me two of those, of those four, yeah, give me two. That's what I'm saying. You need two of those. We're 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 cooking with gas, man. Exactly. Uh, but man, I, I'm just I'm just really at the point now, man. I I really want to see the roster be built. Yeah. And if you can construct your roster in the same way that the 49ers did, where it's mm-hmm. talent with talent and talent is just surrounded the quarterback. Then yeah, you you can go get somebody. You let, let's say you traded that first pick and you get three first picks for the next three drafts. You go, you will have two firsts and two seconds next year. Hold up, this dude Ralph says stay away from Big Ten wide receivers. Does does he not know about Olave? Does he not know about Garrett Wilson? Does he not know about all the Ohio State wide receivers that are no. balling out in the league? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, man, Those I, are all Big Ten guys. How would you stay away? Why would you stay away from the wide receiver factory in in Ohio State? I don't fill me up a tea or coffee. I don't understand that. Um, don't say, but bro, uh, some of the best receivers in the league came from the Big Ten. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, and I'm an SEC guy. Right. I'm an SEC guy, and I would say I, I'm drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. number one overall. That's just me. I just feel like what Me you're too. getting from him to ma- to match him with DJ yep. Moore is better Tall, than any of the quarterbacks receiver. you can grab there. Better than any of the offensive linemen. Yep. We don't need a pass rusher necessarily anymore with Montez Sweat. I mean, you can wait and grab one. But I'm drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. And then with that other draft pick, wherever it lands, I mean, if it lands too far back, you know, if we end up in the playoffs and we're in the 20s somewhere, then – yeah, I'll keep it. But if we wind up with two top ten draft picks, I'm trading that other one 
loading up on draft picks and 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 building this team around Justin Fields. And I know Mike says about the winning percentage is not good, this and that, but if you take one step forward to take two steps back every offseason, then you're falling back into shit and you become the Cleveland Browns. Then you have to pay Deshaun Watson an ungodly amount of guaranteed money only to have Joe Flacco come in <laughs> and play better than him. That's uh, – and I guess that's a good segue into this week's game. We take on the Cleveland Browns. KB, you and I were there live. One second. I got to tell you, you got a little extra time today because uh, uh, fantasy football goom don't start till 11. So just FYI. Well, we got a lot of questions in the chat. A lot like of questions. Talk about a lot this of week's stuff, game. We, we've we don't already... have to stop at 1040. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, you my know, wife man, is downstairs baking time, Christmas. And I'm looking down stuff. at the time like it's it's ten fifty five. What the hell is he talking? Yeah, <laughs> if I'm a, if, if I'm a little if I'm a little uh, distracted, I'm Iowa. <laughs> if I'm a little distracted, my wife's making Christmas cookies today. So uh, I'll uh, <laughs> we'll see if I stay longer than than eleven forty. I'm on Bears time. Okay, <laughs> Chicago Central 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 Standard. Yeah, I, uh, but yeah, I mean, MH, MH Jr. is, I mean, he's the truth to me. And Jordan, I know that you say he's good, but he's not so much far and above the rest of the, and this is a good wide receiver class. There's no other way around it, but I feel like he is just the king of that class and the things that he's able to do. Yeah, so and I just want to be very clear about that. I'm not telling anybody that Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't the best wide receiver of the class. Just that, and I'm not saying he's not worth a top five pick, just that he isn't seven tiers above the next guy. And that's even, let me put on some real game. That's not even, we don't even have to talk about Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors isn't the same archetype as Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm I'm telling you that he's not seven tiers. Marvin Harrison is not seven tiers above what Roma Dunze or Keon Coleman are. Yes, like where Marvin Harrison finds his way edging above those guys is that it is because he comes from that wide receiver factory. It is because of the Hall of Fame name. But I'm not even just giving him credit. Oh, it's because your dad's a Hall of Famer. He comes with much more nuanced route running and refinement because of working with Brian Hartline at Ohio State, where Keon Coleman and Roma Dunze don't have that. But let's be very clear. Roma Dunze and Keon Coleman have every physical asset that Marvin Harrison does, every single one. And, and I mean, I'm not here to. I'm t- I'll talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. all you guys want, but let me just be very clear about the negatives. And I'll do this with any prospect. I'll tell you, I love JJ McCarthy. I'll tell you everything wrong with that kid. But I mean, the thing with Marvin Harrison Jr. is he does not have yak ability unless he's got three or four steps at the catch point. Then sure, he's got enough of a lead that he's going to break away from somebody. I'm not telling you he's slow, but he is not a guy that you can throw a dig to and see him go 65 yards. Mm-hmm. He is a traditional X receiver. Absolutely, he'll win on the backside. But he's not. He's also not some physical bully at the catch point. He'll win his fair share, but he's also gotten out-wrestled for a few balls at the catch point in college. So I, that's all I'm trying to say is how can we talk about I'm taking this guy number one overall with a bullet when he has – every prospect has issues, but I just don't think that in this case he's not – Randy Moss. He's not. He's not the the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's a very good receiver. It's why you would take him in the top five. But I'm not saying he's generational. He's the best thing ever. What would his? What would he's his got the safest be? floor though? A hundred percent, absolutely. That's one thing. Real quick, I've said he's the bluest prospect in the class, which means that 
I, it doesn't get more safe elite. Like he's, you know what it was too, is I called him like the Peter Skronsky last year. Like Peter Skronsky was a guy where I was like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You may think of him as a tackle guard center, whatever. But when you make the pick, you sleep easy that night. Cause you're like, it doesn't really matter. I know that somehow, some way this guy's going to work out. That's absolutely what Mark Yeah. It's the Tyler Linderbaum pick to whatever yep, it's like. I, 100%. Baltimore Ravens. You go, you know, I picked this guy. He's going to run out in front. He's going to anchor my offensive line, get out in front of the blocks. And you're gonna be fine, you know, uh, with a with a pick that's got a nice floor. Jordan, I know you've been digging through tape. You said you told me off air that you are most scouts pull three games. They'll pull their best game, their worst game, and something in the middle. Jordan Silvera has taken it upon himself to watch six games of each prospect, so he is digging <laughs> deep. That's why he's so tired, fellas. <laughs> What are these this wide receiver class since we're on the subject? My biggest thing when I look through draft boards, because I don't break down the tape, I don't know the nuances of this is a good route runner, this guy's gonna be the fastest thing since John Ross, this and that. But I look at their comp. What are the comps of some of these wide receivers in this year's draft? If you could just do, I don't know, Marvin Harrison. Uh, the guy from Washington, um, and Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, and the guy from Florida State. What are their comps uh, in this year's draft? Yeah. Because for the layman's, for the layman's, yeah, that's different. I, comps are always so fucking hard, but yeah, <laughs> okay. So, uh, I and I'm not trying to totally steal from Dane, it's funny here. And I mean, I'll put my hand on the Bible. I had kind of Larry Fitzgerald as kind of the comp for Marvin Harrison, uh, which I led last. I, I know we're talking about Larry Fitzgerald, like that's the dude you want to draft. Um, it's it's Larry Fitzgerald esque with AJ AJ Green, but the problem with AJ Green is that AJ Green was so much more explosive uh, mm-hmm. than what I see from Marvin Harrison. So it's it's more Larry Fitz there. Um, Ameka Ibuka, I've considered him to be Chad Johnson. Um, <laughs> Ocho Cinco. Oh, yeah. I, I love talking about this shit because you're not going to hear some of these names from anybody else. Uh, I'll gonna, take Ocho Cinco any day, like, man. I'm gonna, he's, 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 so people don't remember this about Chad. Chad was not some speed freak. He just was explosive, refined. Like it, And when I say explosive, Malik Neighbors will kind of get to him. Malik I grew up was, a Bengals fan. I had the Chad Johnson jersey before he was Ocho Cinco. Like he'd work the middle of the field. Like that's what a mecca. Yeah, a great feet, He could. Man. He tried to block uh, Ray Lewis one time, and that didn't work out. But <laughs> that doesn't work out for a lot of people. No, no. Roma Dunze. I've said this too. Roma Dunze reminds me. He's the Washington receiver. Uh, he reminds me of Miles Austin. Um, okay. Which I mean, and I, I and I, a lot of things is like draft pedigree. People go, oh, Miles. Miles Austin is uh, he's on draft to free agent, went to the Cowboy. I know, but like, look at what Miles Austin was in his career, and that's what Roma Dunze is, and that's a hell of a receiver. Um, so I think that those are some of the names I got. Malik Neighbors, I mean, he's just Mr. Rocket, three rockets up his ass fast. I mean, it's it's wild, uh, and he's got good size too. He's decent at the catch point. So uh, I the the whole thing is, and a lot of people you've heard a lot of people compare Neighbors to DJ Moore. That's that's not bad. My thing is I. I it's just a personal perspective. I think that you want to build your wide receiver room with multiple archetypes. Right. You want your slot threat. You want your shifty guy, your ball winner. Your Well, you've already kind of got a yak guy and, you know, shifty and can win all over the field in DJ Moore. Yeah. 
I don't need another guy like that. It's not that it's a bad thing to have another guy like that, but Tuch and I are simpatico in this point. I want a ball-winning X, which yeah. means that on the backside of trips, on the single one-on-one, on the backside of the play. Yep, along the sideline. I It's a guy that – and I've always said, like, to me, the best X of all time was Michael Playmaker Irvin. And the reason for that is that any time that Troy ever felt like we're in a shitty situation, I absolutely 1,000% just need to not think about process. I just got to go one place with the ball, and I know this guy is going to win. That is the definition of what I think the Bears should be looking for. Yeah, that, that's so, like so Justin, Justin Jefferson today yeah. is that guy for yep. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and he's, an, he's, and he's a good example. He doesn't have to be. Justin Jefferson's not 6'4", 215. But it's yeah. it's a guy that just wins, and DJ Moore's close to that. But I'm just saying it's it's that thing and the archetype that the Bears don't have. And they tried it with Claypool, they tried it with Kill Harry, and I know those were like lesser throws. But having a true X receiver, a big tall guy that he maybe doesn't have to be the fastest, but he's a pretty fast guy. He's physical at the catch point. He can run routes well enough. And it's not about like running all the most complicated routes. It's about when he's one on one with a DB, can he find a way to get open? Um, and that's what I think the Bears need. And there's the, the good news about this class is there's not just Marvin Harrison. There's Brendan Rice. There's Keon Coleman. There's Roma Dunze. There's uh, Xavier Leggett. There's quite a few that have good size. That's a what's good draft a, for wide receivers. What's the comp of Leggett? Because I saw him play Kentucky live, and he was the he was all South Carolina had. You talk about a guy who made Spencer Rattler look legit. And who he trusted, no matter what was going on, that was that was Leggett. And he's tall, or he looks tall on the TV. I, mean, I don't know what his what his measurables are. He's fast. He he gets open. He he actually is a better route runner than he's given credit for. I think. Uh, and but what's his? What would his comp be? Yeah, I'm seeing some guys in the chat bring him up. I'm not nearly as high on Leggett as others, but it's it's not that he's a bad receiver. I just think he's got. He had a good strong year, but it was not as much of that in the past beyond this season, uh, which to your point, when it's gotten so many games, that's why I'm like, I'm not just looking at, because this is the whole thing about football. We love recency bias. When things look good recently, we're all hyped and right. I'm trying to get away from that and see different different aspects of seasons, things of that sort. Um, Leggett to me though, he's a big body. Um, so, I mean, the easy one is he, he's he got a little bit of A.J. Brown. He's a little bigger than A.J. Brown, but um, he's like, what, 225, 230. Um, so, I mean, in that same mold of Jonathan Mingo, A.J. Brown, um, Greg Little um, was another one. I, I don't think people would probably remember Greg Little, but Greg Little was the receiver um, out of UNC that had some running back background, and I think that's a guy that um, kind of reminds me a little bit of Leggett. Hmm. Yeah, well, in my opinion, we need two more because I, I, Mooney probably not resigned like a lot of people in the chat are saying. Tyler Scott, haven't seen enough. Bayless Jones, I've been out on for a season or two. <laughs> I've been out on Bayless, but honestly, that, that play that they did with DJ Moore, where they faked the handoff to Justin, he ran for the touch. That to me would have been a Bayless Jones play. That's that. Yeah. And, and DJ, shout out to DJ for yep. taking it for six. But you put Bayless in those type of situations, and he's been making a couple of plays. I mean, there was a play I think Coach T put it up where the corner blitzes and Bayless <clears throat> does a vet bless you does a veteran move finds the spot in the zone and sits down and Justin finds him so he's learning things you I mean you want to talk about players getting better under this coaching staff I I don't know if it's a huge jump for him and I'm 
I still don't know if he's great, but he's getting better. But, yeah, I think you can draft over a lot of the guys at the bottom of that. And, and Tyler Scott, they're going to give him every chance to fail before they uh, before they get rid of They've shown that with Bayless. So I don't, I don't know if they'll um, necessarily just cut him straight up. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I really like this draft class. I still think Marvin Harrison's at the top. And, again, I think I would take him number one. Uh, even with all this, but I maybe so I'm the just, benefit there is I don't I don't have to take Marvin one like that's what right. I ultimately hope is it, to all these people that want to keep Fields or whatever I mean the reality is then trade back from that first pick to two to you three to. yeah and because I mean the thing is with as many quarterbacks in this class whether it's the Raiders or anybody else you'll have a few that want to move up and what you don't want to do is you probably don't want to go back and do the Carolina trade where you're moving from one to eight or nine Marvin Harrison's not going to be there. But you can probably find a couple teams, just as they were trying to do last year with the Colts that were like four or five. See if you can get one of those top five teams to trade up with you to go get their quarterback. Because I know that people are like, if it's Arizona that has the number two pick, Arizona is not going to take a quarterback. And sure, they could take Marvin, but they also have that same incentive that you do. What if we trade back to a quarterback needy team and move back a couple spots? Great. So the reality is the Bears move back a couple, then the Cardinals would move back a couple behind the Bears you can still find a way to kind of beat the Cardinals to the podium for a Marvin Harrison while still getting that asset, that, that draft capital. And I mean, at that point, then with your second first round pick, like AC, you were talking about, well, I don't know if they make the playoffs and maybe it's not a high, there's no too high. There's no too, too low of a pick in that first round because I mean, as, as uh Tooch and I are simpatical on Cooper DeGene is like one of my favorite prospects in the class. He's not even a cornerback to me. He's a safety. He's my safety one. He has all the range uh, can play top down. And so, I mean, what, you got the 18th, 21st pick because you can land in the playoffs? Great. That's where a safety is probably going to go. Um, and if T. Cooper DeGene's sitting there, then great. You have your Eddie Jackson replacement, and you can keep moving. Sorry, I didn't mean to turn this into a draft class. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I'm just, uh... There's a lot of teams that will trade up for a quarterback. Let's just look at – New England's got the number two pick as it stands right now. So they're, either, they're either, either, it, yeah, they're probably going to be taking one because I, I doubt you want to go in with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones into next year, especially not after the season they're having this year. I mean, what right. they're three and ten. Uh, looking back, uh, you got the Giants who you know I don't know if they're going to stay with Tommy DeVito. Hey. You know, hey, <laughs> or you know, then you shout out to shout out to DeVito for taking down the. Green Bay Packers, <laughs> the Raiders, the Saints, you know, uh, even Seattle. They're probably, you know, looking at some, you know, Geno Smith and them. And I mean, there's there's a lot of teams. Even Pittsburgh might reset at quarterback. I don't know. They're they uh, they're not getting the best over production, here. production out of their quarterbacks. They're over here having ideations of Justin Fields and Steelers jerseys with as many Tam- people. As Tampa them. Bay, another team. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think KB was it you that put it up that said everybody says this kid sucks until they want him on their team, and then they had all the all of the uh, <laughs> the pro- photoshops of Justin Fields in their team's jerseys. The the, the Buccaneers, the Steelers, the oh, yeah. Yeah, all of them. The Raiders, yeah. Raiders fans want what Justin yeah, Fields. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the natural fit is Atlanta. I mean, he's a hometown kid down there from Kennesaw, and I, well, I just think that's a natural fit let, for him. Let me give you some numbers. So, give me Ju- some numbers too. Justin Fields this season: a higher passer rating, ninety-one point eight, than Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence; a higher passing touchdown interception rate, two point two, than Mahomes and Allen. And a more rush yards per game at fifty point nine than Hertz and Lamar Jackson. 
So he we keep Johnson. Wants some numbers. I know Mike, Mike Withrow. He doesn't have a good winning percentage, but those are some pretty fucking good numbers. This is this is this is my. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we we all asked what we felt this team would be record wise. Correct. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us were really modest. Yeah, takes. Uh, we had a lot of seven and tens, uh, eight and nine, nine and eight. Nine, you know what I'm saying? Nine and eight. And I remember standing on what I said by saying I believe this team could have been a ten win team. Now we look back. Yeah, you do have the four games that you had to factor in that field was hurt, but. Does anybody sit here and say that Justin Fields doesn't win at least three out of those games that he missed? We we know he'll beat the Panthers. We know he would have more than likely beat the Raiders. I don't believe he would have self-destructed at the end of that game for the Saints. So that leaves you with the one game that well, we was- lost the Saints game because of Bajan's interceptions. You yeah. talk about a winning percentage, Mike. Why me myself destructing? <laughs> So you have Beijing who self-destructed down the stretch. We we lost the Saints game. Right now, they they would have been in position to go 10 and 7. Yes, they would have to win out, but I fully believe that nobody on that schedule right now screams that they would come in and beat us. Uh to, today, like I said, today is my is is to me is gonna be the biggest, the biggest challenge you get. Because no matter how good or how bad the damn Cleveland Browns offense is going to be, you still have to deal with that defense. You still have to deal with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is in the run for defensive player of the year. We, like like my boy was going on the record and starting to say, we were in Cleveland for that ass woman. Good God. Worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I've never seen a game that bad. So you have the redemption arc. You have the ability to say, hey – if they can beat the Browns defense and Fields looks okay in the game, then what? So I I feel I feel like if he played, we would have the possibility of going 10 and 7. So I that would be right along for what I said at the beginning of the season, where I said the, the ceiling would be would be 10 wins. So I don't know, man. Well, but coming into the season. Before sports betting was live online, I went to a casino and bet the Bears over on wins, which was at seven and a half. So I just need them to, you know, win a couple more games so I can get. Hey, you you right on schedule. Yeah. Got four four winnable games coming up here. Yeah, yeah. Very but, very winnable. And, and someone else said in the chat earlier, um, "I'm telling Eberflus win out or you're gone." I'm I kind of agree with that. I mean, you've got the Browns who. They don't have a tackle on either side. Jordan's guy, Dewan Jones, went down, and the left tackle, Jedrick Wills, went down as well. I think the center's dealing with a stinger. Aldo put that out. I don't know if that means he plays or if he doesn't or what. But if you can get pressure on Flacco, he look, we saw what the Rams did to him. The Rams absolutely demolished them with their defensive front. And I just feel like – if you get pressure on Flacco and he doesn't have an outlet and we shut down the run, which we do every, every single game, we shut down the run. Best in the league, baby. That's After right. being 32. That's big right. cousin building. All right. Big time to talk some Browns then, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Time to you talk know, some Browns. It's a different Browns team at home on the road. You know, they're six and one at home. The only game they lost was the very first game of the season to the to the Ravens. 
28-3 they lost. After that, they have not lost a game at home. Uh, they're 8-5 and five against the spread on the season. Uh, they're a minus three today. But, again, Joe Flacco is the quarterback. But, he, you know, uh, he's come in. He's, he's done a serviceable job because of the veteran experience. But Miles Garrett is still a guy you got to worry about. The Cleveland you know, Browns the defense Cleveland is so good, is good. Yeah. that they have won a game with four different starting quarterbacks this year. Hell, yeah, exactly. Great point. That is, yeah. that is that is difficult to do. Good guy. An incredible stat. Man, it's uh, the number one defense in the NFL. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it won't be easy, but if you're, if you're moving forward with Justin Fields as your quarterback, you need him to win games like this against opponents like this. He beat Detroit. Jordan, you tried to poo-poo it a little bit, but to me, that's still the number one team in the <laughs> NFC North. They almost beat Detroit twice. Oh, record-wise, we should have swept the point. Record-wise, they are the number I'm one not team saying, in the look, NFC man, North. Wins but, and wins that count. It's just that the Lions are not the class of some some conference. They're okay. They're a good. They're a good quality team. What Don Burr said. Yeah, well, Don Burr can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Lions are. I like the way the Lions are built. I just also realize that they're not – they're in, two what, two years into a rebuild? Like, pump the brakes on how good they are. They're a good team. They're a good team. But it helps when their quarterback is shoveling interceptions to your defense. Yeah, sure. uh, you know, that's but, but not... Like the, the Nick Mullins interception yesterday? Did you see just, like, yeah. threw oh, it to Jesus the cameras? They were sitting on their butts. He just, like, threw it to the defensive I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> believe the touchdown pass he made on off his ass. <laughs> and he threw to Jordan Jordan Addison, yeah. Jordan's nice guy. Point. We had uh, we had I think uh, Nick Mullins was Iowa quarterback. I think right, Jordan. No, so he, went I, to, uh, he went to the same school as Far of uh, Miss. Okay. Southern, Southern, Miss. Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Yeah. I think they played Kentucky that year. I think we had him in time. Iowa before he went to Southern Miss. <laughs> Maybe he may have been there. Yeah. Now you're rolling with Cade McNamara. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah, we injured. We, we end up. With I thought Deacon, they had the Deacon hefty Hill, righty the worst, out there. The worst quarterback in FBS, Deacon yep. Hill. <laughs> uh, look, uh, as, as far as the Browns uh, and Bears go, if, if the Bears are going to win this game, it's got to be Justin Fields breaking the defense with his legs. He's got to. I mean, I, I, I think he's got. He, he's got to have 10, 11 rushing attempts in this game where he breaks the defense, moves the chains. And then you're going to see uh, uh, the Bears have a really good chance of winning this game against that defense on the road. Uh, they haven't been uh, – the we Bears haven't, haven't – well, I'm sorry, what was I that? Say, we haven't even talked about it. The, it's going to be a mutter. The weather's looking real nasty and shitty. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, Joe Flacco Joe Flacco's not going to beat you with his legs. Okay? Yeah. Let's just get that out there. So to you your know? point, Tooch, like they are going to need to, and that's, I mean, we're not getting totally into how to break down the game, but we can. It's my thing is, yeah, we got I'm to. Tooch, it's like, you have, it, when, when it's, it down. When it's nasty and mucky, I do agree with you. Run that damn ball. Right? And it's, that's a lot of people want to talk about, well, Miles Garrett's shoulders hurt and Ogbo Conquo's out and Grant Delpit's out. And sure, I mean, we're going to get to the, the game prediction in a bit. And I think people be pleased. But the reality is, is that to me, you want to run that ball, but Dalvin Tomlinson is sitting there in the, in the middle of that defense. Um, and he is, they, they paid him big money to clog up. So I think that I probably am not trying to run power and, and, uh, and dive plays. I'm probably looking to run more outside zone and see if I can attack those edges. And then potentially, I mean, it's always tough. You, you wonder, 
how much you're going to see the turf monster and see those cleats get stuck in this nasty, nasty field. But if Justin Fields can keep his traction and get out to the edge on a couple maybe nakeds, play action boots, QB designer runs, I think that's how you're going to break this team more than trying to throw the ball at Denzel Ward or, uh, you know, goodness gracious, who's the Mississippi State corner? I'm forgetting his name now, but uh, Martin Emerson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's – this defense is legit. And no, uh, I mean, I'm mean, i not saying – I'm not saying we're not – but Fields has got to break, contain, and run for a first down a few times and move the sticks if we're going to have any ch- chance in this game. You got Like he did in the past few games where he break – you know, uh, it was a 12-10 game. We didn't score a touchdown, I know. But against Brian Flores' defense, he moved the sticks with his legs. Yeah. You know, that was that – was, that, that – you know, uh, uh, demoralizes the defense. Well, that also breaks down your defense. That makes the yeah. safeties move up, and yep. then you then you have you a, a chance at deep shots. A spy on on fields, yeah, which you're you gonna a spy have. That takes away a defender. Um, I, I know we've played a couple of elite defensive ends. I would say Aiden Hutchinson's one, even though his numbers don't match up with that this year. 100%. And Max Crosby. And the way that they were able to scheme up, and this is a this is a shout out to their offensive line coach. The way they were able to yeah. scheme up to uh, to run the ball against the defensive end, whether it's crackbacks or or get him it's running this blocking. way, and then he comes back and gets blocked. The way they were able to do those types of things. Hopefully, Deontay Foreman can go because I really like the way he runs the ball. Just. Man, he is obsessed with trying to hurdle people. I feel like I feel like he does it at least once a game. He tries to get his hurdle in. Uh, I don't know if that's the move against the Browns defense, but I like the idea of them. Miles Garrett is fantastic. He's great. He is. He was well worth that number one overall pick that they used on him. He has been everything that they've needed. Yep. Got a I guy feel good. like we have Got the ability to game plan against him. Uh, and the offensive line is jailing, playing well. So, uh, uh, if Mercedes Lewis, that. add him over there on that side. <laughs> Maybe throw him the ball once. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, bro. Uh, yeah. it worked, yeah. worked last week, Shocker. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm running Dante Foreman until he can't run no more today. That's oh, what yeah. I'm saying. You know, yeah. that would be more offensive playing. It, 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 the number one on the list, it would be like for the first, the first half of the page would be. Dante Foreman in big ass letters, and then it'll be a little picture of somebody a running back underneath it. That, that's my game plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell you one thing, and we'll see. It, it just could be certainly to the detriment of the guy that uh, must not have had many screens growing up in his, in his as a young kid because he likes to call him so much. But um, the thing about Jim Schwartz is he plays an attack style defense, so he's going to continue to try to send everybody full speed, single gap, uh, even front like the Bears play. You can maybe take advantage of that. We talk about getting the ball out on the perimeter. Have those D that D line rush forward, try to break through, and then just get a ball out on the screen and see what DJ Moore or you know Herbert or whoever can catch the ball and see if they can get moving off those screens um, because of how you know aggressive and attacking this defense is from Jim Schwartz. Just don't yeah. do it too much like we did against Minnesota because you mean he shouldn't call it three or four times in a row. <laughs> no, it's not screen pass this way, screen pass that way. Run the ball. Try middle screen. <laughs> Let's try to hit a tight end in the middle. Yeah, on the screen. I just, yeah, I, that Man. that game plan was just horrendous. And uh, we talk about Eberflus almost not sealing his fight, but sealing his fight to be back next week or next year from last week. I feel like that Vikings game still gets his fate with like 
ah, it was just so ugly in prime time when everyone's watching. That that was your game plan. It was, I don't know, but uh, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to move forward and not not look back too much. But yeah, uh, I mean, but the, but the Browns, it's not like they don't have an excellent running attack, even without Bradley Chubb. I don't know what the numbers are. Not Bradley Chubb, Nick Chubb. Even without Nick Chubb, I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like both of their – they brought back Kareem Hunt, who already knew the offense, and they have uh, Jerome Ford, who's played really well. I love I Jerome Ford. I think he's at 1,000 yards or close to it. Um, so they can still run the ball and play defense. It's almost like the Spider-Man meme where we're just pointing at each other. Play great defense and run the ball. That's just, mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're both going to have the same game plan, and it's just – who comes out on top? Is it you guys Amari are too young to remember that cartoon. I grew up watching that cartoon, man. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what one, though, I think. Spider-Man cartoons when I was a kid. Was it right up there with Steamboat Willie for you, Tooch? Gilly <laughs> <laughs> Gorilla and fucking Yep. The Gilly um, Gorilla. That was one of mine, yeah, yeah for sure. My son, actually, not to get off topic again, but my son was telling me the other day, they're showing old school cartoons on Cartoon Network, like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and uh, Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> that was, was like, son was little kid. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that is not old. I was like, old cartoons is like yeah. the Thundercats and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I was like, I felt. I felt Road Runner, Bugs Bunny, Road you know? Runner, <laughs> Captain Planet, and shit. Yeah. Um, no, I'll tell you what. I think to, to me though, this game, as much as we've talked about how this offense, the Bears' offense, can get moving against Jim Schwartz' defense. I mean, we're not. We're kind of bearing the lead here. I really think how the Bears win this game because somebody had asked previously, like, how do the Bears win this game? I think really the it, when you're just talking about that whole Spider-Man meme, they're pointing at each other, they're both good at the same thing. Yeah, the benefit, though, is that the Bears don't have two tackles that are out. They're not missing their starting running back. Uh, they're not down to their third quarterback. Like, this More is really where the game's at. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is where you're really at, where I understand Yannick Ngakwe's out. That's going to hurt. But Montez Sweat is still a force multiplier. I think that at the end of the day, you're talking about, I think James Hudson is one of the starting tackles, and I can't even know. I don't even know the other tackle. That's how bad it is. Because uh, they've now gone from uh, Conklin to Dewan Jones to now the third. And then Jedrick Wills moved down to James Hudson. So they are so ravaged with injuries that I can't help but think that Eberflus is just going to, as he said, he's going to blitz them every play. I, th- I know that that's being facetious, but they're going to get after it. And Joe Flacco, as good as he is, is a statue in the pocket. And in a muddy game where you're not going to be able, if you can stop the run, which the Bears are very good at that. We're going to talk about you know Big Bill's Billings here. Uh, Andrew Billings, I think, is going to have a fantastic game against his old team. Um, and I think that there's, you know, a little bit of a. I'm, I understand it's. He wants I, I, I see Kevin shaking his head like he wants it. Yeah, he, yeah. he wants to have a, a decent game against a team that wouldn't pay him uh, and keep him around. So I think that when you talk about that interior line and the interior offensive line, Joe, Bolt- Joe Boltonio and uh, Wyatt Teller, two of the best guard duos in the league. Um, so to me, there's there's an opportunity there for them to run the ball, but the Bears defend the run well. So if you defend the run well, and then you can pin those pass rushers' ears back, Joe Flacco's not going anywhere. Um, and yes, Amari Cooper's great, and they've got David Bell, and they've got a few others. But at the end of the day, I think that's really why I think the Bears win this game is because at the end of the day, the Bears' defense has a better chance to get after the Browns' offense than the Browns' defense, which is also ravaged with injuries. So you're saying the Bears are going to win? You're picking the Bears? Today. I am. I am. Oh, wait a second. I am. I am because it, it's it's just one of those things where, like I said, I'm, sometimes you just got to look at it and go, "I'm not. 
as even if I know a lot of people think I hate the Bears, I don't. I just I don't think that they often show up to play in the right way. But this one's just staring at you in the face, like. I'm going to tell you what, if they lose this game, then you fucking deserve to be at the playoffs. Like, you have no reason to lose this game. Right. I understand they play hard at home and all that stuff, but it's a it's a dirty, muggy game, and it's a bar fight, a brawl. And at the end of the day, I think it's all about when you play the team, not necessarily just who you're playing. Yeah. I probably classic, would classic Bears, yeah. sloppy weather, defense. I would yeah, run in the ball. in sloppy Low weather, scoring. so that no. was a better team than this. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, is that I probably would take the Browns if every, healthy, one-to-one, everybody's there. You know, they're all getting off the bus for a bar fight. I probably would take the Browns. But the reality is when you're playing the Browns, they're not. The Browns – yeah, I see this, George. Yes, I appear – I have your body sense. Uh, the Browns are, are are beaten down and weathered right now. They they are down both tackles, quarterbacks. They've got safeties out. Like it's a fucking mess. Man. So at a so bar, like Greg Newsom though that worries me with the DJ Moore matchup. Someone was asking earlier if they should start. And I know this isn't a fantasy football show, but if they should start DJ Moore or um or Scary Terry. And oh, I. Every time I put DJ Moore on my bench, he goes off for like three touchdowns. So I don't know if I'm really the guy you should be asking this. Go on your bench then. But, <laughs> but, but I, I feel just like trust. He's definitely injured. Like he's playing compromised. And then in yeah. a muddy game where you're going to be more inclined to run the ball. Like I, I mean, obviously, he's like against, said, he's he against one of the best corners in the league, too. I mean, that, yeah. like I said, you, you're probably right, AC. We bench him and he goes off, but. To me, <laughs> I would probably stay away from that. I'd go Terry McClure just because of those three factors. Weather, injured, competition. Yeah. Game plan. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Uh, but, uh, well, I mean, I guess I know it's – I know we don't have to get out of here at 1145, but we've talked about everything I could think of, too. So, I guess we could just go ahead and get into our score predictions, bold predictions, MVB, most valuable bear. Don't give me a player from the other team, Jordan. And uh, hit our shout outs and says, Is that what happened he, while I was out? He <laughs> gave me David Montgomery last week for an MVB. Well, shit, I like, thought David Montgomery the... was going to show up and, and really hammer home that, like, you guys should have paid me. A David it's Montgomery a, revenge game. It's the most yes. valuable bear. Well, because to be fair, the Bears always have revenge games. There's always a player that comes back and shits on the Bears. And I was like, David Montgomery. David Montgomery's been having a good year. I thought for sure he would just go off against the Bears. I, in, I'm, in I'm out sick for one week, and look what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fact, I love seeing it. And Don Burr, you can keep trying to tag me and trying to get my attention. I'll give you this one. I'm in your ass, man. I, I called you I called you trash. I said your team's trash, and now you're just Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Look, man, I, one more time. The Detroit Lions are the garbage dump of the NFC North. They always have been. You go through their their Microsoft Excel files and you know documents, team history, and they've got this many championships. So, um, like I said, kiss my ass, Don. Um, you can keep coming here, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna respond to you any further, sir. Have a good one. Don't the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a division title more recently than the Detroit yep. Lions do yep. in this division? Yeah, Tampa Bay doesn't play in this division anymore, so there's that. I think JFK saw their last uh, playoff win. So you got that going for you too, Don. But uh, good luck. Good luck this this year. Uh, so anyway, we'll get into our score predictions, bold prediction, MVB, most valuable bear, hit shout outs and all those things. And we'll get on out of here and I'll uh, go downstairs and uh, 
help my wife taste test these Christmas cookies she's making. I'll start with Tooch, and then go down oh, to KB, right. then Jordan, and then I'll finish this up. Go ahead, first, Tooch. Uh, first crack at this, huh? You get the first crack. You get top pick. Look, six and one at home. My my uh, gambler's instinct is to take the Browns, you know. But with all with all the injuries on the Browns side of the ball, I think the Bears have a legit chance. I would. I'm leaning Bears plus three. In this game, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I'm looking at a, a score of like 13 to 10, which is why I love the under in this game, especially the with the weather. Uh, most valuable bear, um, it has to be Justin Fields. I mean, if we're going to win this game, Fields has got to make enough plays to get us over that hump. I'm talking about uh, running for a big, big run that breaks the defense down a little bit, running for a touchdown, uh, break and contain. Uh, if he's going to... If he's going to sit back and try to pick apart the Browns, uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll have as much luck uh, against the Jim Schwartz defense. Uh, another guy I would be looking at would be Dante Foreman. I think you got to run the ball, run the ball. And what worries me is that the offensive scheme, game plans, they have not been uh, – the whole season long, they have not set up plays down the road with either formation or motion. You know, And that's what you really need with with the, uh, a, the, uh, an offense success – to have a sustained success in the NFL. You set up the plays down the road with formation. You know, one play builds off another one. You know, a good offensive coordinator sets up plays, 10 plays down the road with the play he's running in the moment. So uh, my most valuable Bears is going to be Fields, and I'm looking at a score of 13-10 Bears. Ooh, that's an ugly-ass game. Go ahead and hit your shout-outs and stuff. And uh, Oh, yeah, right after this show, uh, Fantasy Football Goon, I'll be – filling in over there right after this show with Joe and uh, uh, Steven Zim Zimmerman. So the three of us will be getting in some last starts and sits. And then every Friday I do a show called Weekend Sports Betting Tips. And uh, we'll be talking some bowl games next weekend and, and of course, breaking down the NFL. Absolutely. Um, go ahead, KB. Okay. You know what? I was uh, I was going over this yesterday. Uh because you got to look at the the Browns have a very similar style quarterback in their division that they play against twice a year, so I believe they're gonna they're gonna understand how to attack Fields. Uh, that being said, I am very much on the boat of what Jordan said. Uh, these are two goddamn teams staring at each other and pointing at each other, saying we're the same. Uh, that being said, I take our defense over that other defense and our offense over that defense. Cause I don't think Joe Flacco can do a damn thing. So that being said, I do feel like this is going to be an ugly ass game. I was leaning more towards 17 to seven. I don't think that I don't, I'm not seeing the bears have a lot of huge plays today because if the weather is what it's going to be, uh, I think it'd be just enough. I say we we roll out of this game and it being ugly. So, like I said, seventeen seven Bears. Uh, MVB, I'm going with uh, Foreman if he's playing. <laughs> if he's playing, <laughs> right. well, it's the running back room. We'll go with that. <laughs> in the running back room. Running back room. <laughs> I don't know if Foreman playing or not for real. So, I mean, he ain't on the the, the injury report. So, I mean, I, he might. Well, we, who knows? So I just go running back room. I think this is gonna be a running game, heavy plan. Uh, damn, you know what? 
I want to say my MVB would be my cousin too. I seen a Mike dude pick my cousin. He's trying to get on my good side and shit. <laughs> he trying uh, to get on my good side. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like Big Cousin, Big Death's gonna gonna have gonna get them boys problems today in the middle. Uh, so yeah, seventeen ten Bears uh, MVB. I go with my cousin on defense. Fuck it, y'all can pick the offense and shit. And uh, shout out, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Uh, it sucked not being here last week, but I was, oh God, I was sick of shit. It was bad. Uh, and I was dealing with a sick baby on top of that. Oof. That seven's even worse when you yeah. can't do nothing for him. Yeah, she just, she just curled up on me and we just both coughing. I said, ah, this is horrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, fuck you. <laughs> Eat a dick, Mike. Fuck you, but uh, your cousin's a beast. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Shout out to y'all boys holding it down, man. I always hold it down. AC, man, you know, you're my boy, man. Jordan, you, you're amazing. I wouldn't be getting enough shit. You better than me. And Tooch, <laughs> well, I love you, Tooch. <laughs> so I just, just want to show love to the barroom, man. Everybody's doing the damn thing, man. I appreciate everybody. So absolutely. All right, go ahead, Jordan. Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, I appreciate y'all, you fellas. Um, we'll do a little bit of shout outs here. I always appreciate Tooch. Fantastic knowledge of betting with uh, getting getting talks about, well, fucking Iowa and Deacon Hill and everything else that we get into, um, down to just everything from, you know, playing armchair GM and everything we do here. Um, as you said earlier, I really appreciate it. I think that we do, this is why this show is successful, is we do get into nuanced opinions, layered conversations, uh, talk about things that are, I don't want to say uncomfortable, it's just football, but things that are not always convenient. Um, we do talk oftentimes about the inconvenient truths of football. Might be, uh, uncomfortable, might be uncomfortable a few times. Yeah, so I, I appreciate you fellas for that. Chad, I always appreciate you being here. Uh, you know, the dirt bags like Don Burrow, I'm kidding, Don, but, you know, you're, you're always here supportive. Uh, Mike Withrow, I appreciate you uh, agreeing with, like, me because I'm more anti-fields than others, but respectfully, man, don't shit on my, my, my panel of good dudes here. Um, we appreciate everybody for being here. We're send, um, we'll send them a Tyson Bajant jersey in the yeah, mail. Yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> just be, just be, and it's okay. Just be like, I don't like Fields. I like Tyson Bajant. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, chat, I always appreciate you. The big thing I only ask, chat, is if you're still here and you're listening and you appreciate us and talking about, I see a lot of people logging in from X and everything else to watch us. Like the video, subscribe, leave comments. It boosts the algorithm. It keeps Aldo Barkeeper happy, keeps the lights on, keeps the show going. So please continue to do that. Aldo keeps this this channel ad free. You don't ever get ads. So come on, like we literally the only the only way the revenue comes in is through all the YouTube algorithm interaction. So um, please do that. As far as the Bears game, um, as much as I did get body snatched, I have the Bears winning this game. Um, Pretty handily, too, not necessarily in points, but just the tone of the game. Uh, I have them winning 17-13 uh, against the, the Cleveland Browns. The defensive MVP, I got Montez Sweat. Um, I just, I mean, it probably, maybe Yannick would have had a good game if he's here. But look, you want to talk about a third string right tackle and Montez Sweat's going to be playing over him? Yeah, I'm going to take him as having a decent game today. Uh, as well as for offensive MVP, give me Cole Komet. Uh, I think that as much as we're talking about running the ball and stuff, I do think that, look, Luke Getzey has an affinity and a hard-on for getting Cole Komet the ball on those tight end screens. Um, so I do think that Cole Komet has a few catches. Um, and he's also not like a yak monster, but he doesn't go down easy and will find a way to con constantly fall forward for yards. Um, so I do think as they pound the ball, get into the low red zone, you may have a few waggle plays where Cole Komet gets out. So uh, Cole Komet's my offensive MVP. As far as uh, bold prediction, I'm going to go 
that that's always tough. I'm going to say Jalen Johnson uh, comes up with another interception to just kind of further cement um, that he needs that paycheck and he's going to have the most, he's already got the most interceptions in his career season wise. So um, I think he's just going to continue to add on to that. Thank yeah, you. everybody. He's, he's really pushing to try and reset the market at the corner position. He said so on, or he essentially said that on uh, Parkins and Spiegel this week. So he's, he is pushing himself up. Um, yeah. So I'll go ahead and go. First and foremost, we have over 100 viewers in here right now. And as I look on YouTube, we have 48 likes. So please get those likes up, whether you're just coming in or before you leave. Hit the like button, just like Jordan said. So get our uh, algorithm going and uh, all those things. Let people know you like it. Um, I would love the comments today. There's a ton of questions and comments and whether we agree with them or not it gives us more stuff to talk about uh so it's 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 always good to see everyone in the chat whether you're don burr mike withrow uh cornelius is in here every week um matthew for cheesy but i think he's on the bar room more than i am <laughs> that guy's always in the chat uh but all, everybody at suntars all all you guys that come in Guys and gals, I guess I shouldn't just assume your gender, but uh, everyone who comes in every week and uh, and and contributes to the bar room, we surely do appreciate it. Um, and and from the bottom of our hearts. Um, hey, look at that, we're at sixty already. Let's get those up a little more. That's awesome. Uh, my score prediction. Um, I did look up because we talked about weather the whole day. I looked up the hourly weather in Cleveland. And it shows rain at one o'clock and two o'clock, and then three o'clock and four o'clock is just cloudy. So maybe the rain will clear out, and uh, we'll be able to see a little bit more action in the second half. I'm not sure, but uh, I have already bet this. I have already bet Bears money line and parlayed it with the over, which was at 37 and a half. So that's a awfully low over. I feel like we can hit over that. Um, I think Bears win this game. I think they win it like. 27 21 bears um my mvb i would love to take justin fields however that was already taken so i will go with tremaine edmonds in a sloppy game where you have to have sure tackling he's in the middle of that defense if it was sanborn i would pick sanborn but uh he's on the outside so give me uh give me tremaine edmonds uh to to lock up some tackles and maybe get himself a pick so i guess that would my would that be a bold prediction to say Tremaine Edmonds gets an interception today? Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, he's I saying, uh, man, look, interceptions are not easy to come by. Uh, yeah. and I mean, Tremaine's found his way to a few of them, but if he gets one out, you got my approval. That's definitely cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, so I hit all that and I hit the shout outs and all that. Uh, stay tuned after this show for Tooch, who is always working, uh, going on there to, to tell you how to, if you're in the, if you're in the fantasy football playoffs, I believe a lot of them started this week. Uh, they're going to tell you who to start, who to sit, who's injured, who's in and out, etc., and uh, help you out with all that, all of those things. Um, a couple of things. Who's re- just real quick? Who's replacing Yannick? Uh, Dom Robinson. Demarcus Walker. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Dominic Robinson got activated. Ra- so Rasheem Green is that his name? Uh, yeah, Rasheem Green. It'll be Rasheem Green, De- uh, Demarcus Walker, and then Dominique Robinson got activated today for the first time since late October. So um, he'll be there. Not saying he's going to add too much. And then real quick, just uh, J2K had asked. He's been asking him for a few times now about Oregon center uh, Powers Johnson. 
Um, he's my center three for the class. I think he'd be a good fit. J2K, I just want to make sure you get your question answered. Um, so center, center one, two, three, give them to us. Or center one and two. Uh, one and two is Graham Barton. Um, he's a tackle at Duke. I think he's going to move inside to center. He'll be playing center at the senior bowl. Uh, center two, Zach Frazier broke his leg, Western Virginia. So he's going to fall a little bit, but <clears throat> what about uh, the George, uh, the Georgia kid, Georgia's at center four for me. Pran um, Van Pran. Is that? Yeah. So center three is Jackson powers, Johnson, Oregon. Um, and then center four is Cedric Van Pran. Wow. I thought Cedric Van Pran was the top one. That's the one he, I've been seeing. Uh, he's the name that got talked about last year, which means that when he came back, everybody put him at the top of the board. Gotcha. He's the name I remember. Like he's yeah. good. I, that's the thing too is, it, and I know you're not doing this, fellas, but it's like in the football world, it's if you like one guy, then that means you hate the other guy. And it's like, no, they're all good. I just have yeah. certain players above others. Like and I'm also best center for Bears system, zone yeah. blocking. Zone yeah, and runs. that's and that's where uh, to J2K's point, Jackson Powers Johnson is a good fit. He's a nasty, nasty demeanor, likes to finish, uh, moves well in space, uh, true junior, and I think that he is maybe not like I said, he's not my top guy, but he absolutely fits in that you know third round range for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, look, this question, you know, you, you got to come away from this draft with another edge player, you know? Got to come, away, come away with an edge rusher. Yeah, there's some of them in there. I don't think we'll have to grab them in the top ten um, because we have so many other needs on this team. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got you got to look at, at uh, Braxton Jones today. You know, take a hard look and what, whether you're going to draft the Penn State kid, at, you know, Somewhere in the first round, are you going to go? Or Joe Wall, like, yeah, or, or someone like uh, uh, an edge rusher like Jared Verse, a Penn State kid. You know, I, I don't know. You know, or it, 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 if you're Ryan, Ryan Poles likes to trade back. Man. We all know that he's going to want that second round pick back. He lost uh, giving away from uh, Montez Sweat, which which we're fine with. You know, we paid we paid a second round pick, totally worth it. Paid him a mint, it's been totally worth it. You know, was well, Matthew Fochizi said something about. The Steelers looking to trade up to get a quarterback. So if they can trade up and you can recoup a second round pick and maybe a little extra, that'd be uh, that'd be a world that I'd want to. Be. What? <coughs> TJ what? Oh my bad. Oh. I don't think they're throwing him in there. That's their franchise, bro. <laughs> somebody, was, somebody was asking earlier about. Uh, I think it was John Neve kept asking, like, what if they just trade for Herbert? You don't have to. Do I'm just bringing this up because like that's a TJ Watt thing. Players like T.J. Watt and Herbert don't get traded, so let's just yeah. put that to bed. No chance. Herbert just signed a massive contract. Yeah. No, no way. Yeah, uh, I mean, does he want out of L out of L.A.? Probably after this season. No, they're going to bring him another coach in. Luckily, they've he already fired. He is the reason you come to Los Angeles. You wouldn't yeah. trade him. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, all righty, fellas. I think we've hit everything. We'll we'll get on out of here and come back next week and talk. Uh, Recap. Oh, also come in at halftime, and and the boys will tell you what happened in the first half. Come in after the game, and and they'll tell you uh, Bear football will will cover this game, win, lose, or draw, and uh, and we'll continue from there. Next week we'll come back. I have uh, some prop picks coming up in the next show, but I can give them out here too if you want. Some a couple of my favorite props for sure. Today. I know Aaron Current likes. Uh, he likes a little action on the weekend and stuff. Yeah, I like to the, I like to dabble like a little, a little appetizer, bit. you know. I got Brandon Ayuk over four and a half receptions against uh, uh, the uh, Cardinals, who run a lot of cover four. This uh, Brandon Ayuk zone bust had had six catches or more in his last four or five games. Over four and a half seems low to me. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a little juicy. I got Nelson Aguilar over thirteen and a half yards. 
He's been getting five targets a game. This is uh, he's on the Ravens this year. Uh, one catch, and that's probably going to get you over 13 and a half yards on five targets. So those are two of my favorite prop plays today. Uh, also like uh, Debo Samuel to go over his yardage today too versus the uh, uh, 49ers. But uh, also like uh, Derek Carr over attempts today. He's had th- I think it's a 26 and a half. He's had 30, 31 attempts uh, in the past uh, five games. He's gone over 30. Wow! So like like those those prop plays for today. If some I have some plays in on those. What about Justin Fields rushing yards? Is it 57 and a half? I like right it today, now? man. I like it today. Yeah. I, I I think uh, uh, for me, I, I think it's a it's a it's a decent bet over 57 and a half because yeah. I think he's going to have to run. You know, I, I, he, he, four, four or five good runs, he's probably over that number. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I say he's got to get a, a, a ten, I think his number for attempts is 10 and a half. If, if he gets 11, he's definitely over that number. 10 and a half is a lot, man. That's a I lot, but I mean, people will like it. <laughs> he's got, he's got, I, yeah, you're not going to like it, but today that's how you're going to beat the Browns because uh, break, contain. And, and scramble for 15 to 20. That's somehow Patrick Mahomes beats a lot of teams. That's you know true. that that yeah. 15 to 20 yard scramble. Mm-hmm. Slide, get out yep. of bounds. Yeah, yep. just if we, if we do something about the late hits on fields. Man, you know, it's the refs, kill his career. Ain't, ain't nobody noticing it. He, uh, there's been like a one penalty a game on a late hits that haven't been called the past two three games. That's crazy. That's crazy, and, and especially in this NFL where. Defensive ends are coming around and tackling quarterbacks cleanly and getting flagged for it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, but our guy's getting hit in the head every time he slides, and and they don't say a word. Uh, but uh, we'll get on out of here and come back next week and wrap this thing up and talk about uh, the next week and talk, talk about Bears maybe, victory. Hopefully, hopefully a Bears victory and maybe some playoff Bears. But like, uh, right till next week, game away from being number seven C right now. So just just keep that in mind. Nice. And we've already split with the Lions and the Vikings, who are up there as playoff teams. Yeah, we, right we split with the Packers. That, that's only going to help us, we know, with that uh, conference record. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but we'll come back next week and uh, just leave everybody with a bear down. Bear down, everybody. Yeah, y'all.